Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing, environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org slash wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. Last week we released our 50th Wartime Diary. This week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating Wartime Diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained, So if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. Um, One evening I looked at the Hamad, it was like 9 p.m., and one of the huge, like, rooms was filled with, like, Haredi people and secular. And, like, you saw, like, women, who, like, you know, were barely dressed. It was really hot. And they were, like, with, like, ting tong and, like, uh, short pants. And near them, Haredi men. And they all literally work together. And no one cares what other person wear. No one cares if they have a yamaka on their head or a tattoo on their arms. It was just... You know, people want to do good together. And I looked at it and I said, oh, we could be that place. We could be that place. We don't need to agree. We don't need to marry each other. But we can, you know, coexist. Why we believe those who said that we should hate each other. Hey, listeners. It's Mishi. So, as you know, during these incredibly difficult days, we're trying to bring you voices we're hearing among and around us. These aren't stories. They're just quick conversations or postcards, really, that try to capture slivers of life right now. Chaya Gilboa has been a dear friend of mine for many years. She's an incredible Talmud teacher, a tireless activist, a flaming redhead 
and was, for the last three years, the CEO of the Jerusalem Philanthropic Initiatives, which works with local civil society. On October 11th, Chaya turned 40. But instead of any kind of celebration, she was, no surprise here, leading a team at the Jerusalem Hamal, the epicenter of the city's volunteer efforts. Here she is. Hi, Chaya. Shalom, Mishi. Hi. Can you introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, my name is Chaya. I'm from Jerusalem. I grew up in Jerusalem. My family is nine generations in Jerusalem. Uh, I was born here in a very different part of the city, in an ultra-Orthodox community. Now I live more secular life in uh, downtown Jerusalem. I have three kids. And uh, I work with civil society in Jerusalem, Palestinians, Israelis, ultra-Orthodox, secular, um, which I try to support their work as an activist. And can you tell me what your experience of October 7th was like? We have like a uh, right across our home, literally a minute walk. There is like all the um, all the art schools in Jerusalem, and the cinema school, like um, the visual art school and the theater school. And they said that they opened a, a safe place there. So we took the kids and we just left because we didn't know what the, at first we thought, you know, we're going to get people in our home. We tried to kill it. That was a feeling. So we went there and there was a bunch of students and like it was a beautiful room with a big television and couches. And this was the first moment that I realized that uh, something really bad is happening and it might take longer than I think. But then what happened in the building that a um, few people came and they said, let's turn this place into a hamal, into an operation room. And I joined them. And it's, it's actually, it saved me emotionally and uh, spiritually because from that moment, I was involved in helping others and I forgot to be afraid. So the Hamal, the, the Jerusalem Hamal, um, came together very quickly like a yeah. lot of other initiatives and became sort of a central operation. Can you describe a little bit what Can. it did and what went on there? Um, so the Hamal... Like in the first two weeks, we had approximately 4,000 volunteers a day. We had 20 uh, different um, groups. And in each group, like they did different things, like they collected food, they sent the food to families, they helped evacuate people from their homes. And they went to Shiva and to funerals, like there was all kind of things that were needed. And they took care of it immediately. Um, and what did you do? Um, what I did, I established a a small group of volunteers where I raised money to bring people from south that the government didn't help them at first, from Ashkelon, Etivot, Sderot, and to place them in hotels. So we, within days, I raised two million shekel, which is a lot, and we helped more than 1,500 people from the south to place them in like a safe place. Um, and it's, uh, it was an operation. But I knew that's what I need to do. Um, yeah. Wow. I think what really unique that when I start raising money, um, I went to people that I know and that they trust me and they could easily um, send money. But there is one guy, I think he lives in between Jerusalem and United States. I'm not even sure. Someone gave me his name and I WhatsApped him and I said, hi, you don't know me. My name is Chaya. It was the third day of the war. I have 80 families who I need to evacuate now because many of them have disabled kids. 
You know, when there is a siren and you are a mother or a father to someone who is on a wheelchair, you need to make a fast decision what you do. So we decided that this will be the first families we will help. Um, and then I needed 100,000 shekel now, achshav, right now. So I WhatsApp him and I said, hi, do you have any connections? Can you give some of the amount? And he literally said, how much you need? And I said, 100,000 shekel or a bit less. And he said, okay, I'm sending you on a WhatsApp my credit card from both sides so you can make the transaction. And you have the right to use up to 100,000 without asking me. I don't know you, but I trust you. So if you see a need and I'm not available, just do it. And I, I, I start crying at the office. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe. Wow. Ken. Ken, Ken, it's a beautiful story. Um, and in a way, you were sort of collecting beautiful stories or beautiful moments that you witnessed at the Hamal. Ken, what I constantly try to do, I have a, in my iPhone, like, takim notes. And I constantly, constantly wrote their moments, small moments of human beauty, I called it, um, of anonymous people that I encounter. I needed it for me. Then I needed to remind myself, you know, this war, what happened is that we saw the most ugliest place in human being. What happened down south with the Hamas, it just not, it not just a war, it was cruelness. And at the same time, we saw the most beautiful, generous, kind aspect of humanity. People supported without asking questions. They were so amazing and I kept asking myself how those two elements can live together how humanity can be so mean and so kind so I start collecting stories of kindness because I really needed a reminder that humanity is not only or not mostly um, cruelness can you share a story that stayed with you yes the Schusterman Foundation actually um, gave me five thousand dollars I'm a fellow in one of their programs. And they said, do whatever you need with this money. So we started asking, and then we realized that in two kibbutzim that were really damaged, uh, many people died and were killed and kidnapped, and the houses were burned, Kfar Azen Beri, they need uh, computers um, for the kids to watch movies and for the adult to start working again. So I, uh, we asked the Schusterman Foundation if we can just buy 20 laptops with it. And they said, of course. And then I sent 10 computers um, to Kfar Aza, to the kibbutz, with a friend who, is, who was born at the kibbutz, and he knew exactly who he, he should give it to them. He was really happy. And then my friend Yuval came to pick up the, uh, the computers to Beri, to kibbutz Beri. And he came with his car and we like open the track and there is 10 boxes of huge computers great computers um and like each time i took one computer to the track one computer to the track because it was big and heavy and we want to make sure that nothing happened to the computer and i see when i do it i see the um, of shalom his name he's um he's the security guy that secured the hamad those days uh, he was born in ethiopia he moved to Israel, uh, he have many kids, and I know it because we spoke a bit, he's 65, I guess, that's how old he is. 
And he stands there at the chamal days and night, like protecting us. He's doing double shift as a security guy. And he look at me and I see his head like in a way walking with me, his head like to the car and to the pile of computers. And he doesn't say anything. And then when I put everything in the car and I close the track and Yuval start driving, he came to me very embarrassed. And he say, Chaya, can I ask you a question? Um, my son of Ichai is about to start university. He's the first in the family, in the extended family that will pursue higher education. And there is one thing he needs, a computer. He can't sit in a class today with notebooks. He needs a computer. And he says, I work really hard. I do double shift here at the Hamal. I go after and also work just to raise money to be able to buy a computer to him. So if next time a donor give you a computer and happen to be that you have one extra, would you please give me? And I said, uh, of course, of course. And I thought to myself, what is it for him to see like, pile of computers just you know like he stood there from the beginning of the war and his experience was different than mine I guess he's on mostly in a survival mode and he saw tons tons of iPhones computers you know mattresses people donate massive like donations and he's taking care of that place and I and I bet that he saw this and he you know, he felt that maybe he wished he could get one of, but, um, and then Malik, my partner, looked at me and said, Chaya, call Yuval, bring back the car and give him a computer. And I was like, of course, of course, today I'm like, that's what I need to do. So I called Yuval and, uh, and he came back and I said to Yuval, send Barry nine computers and not 10. And he said, yeah, I don't think it's a problem. So I took one box out. And I went to Avshalom and I say, here, this is a computer to Avichai. And I took like a, a pen and I wrote on the box, Le'Avichai, kulanu rutzim shetiye student nifla, metsuyan, shiyelacha, batzlacha. I wrote, Avichai, this computer is for you to be a great student and we all look forward to your success. And I gave it to him. And he couldn't believe, he stood there, you know, 65 years old man. He, he couldn't believe, like, you know, he, he made a wish out loud, but he didn't mean now. He meant one day, if. And he started crying. And then he called his son, and he couldn't speak. He said to his son, Avichai, Avichai, today when you come home, I have something for you. I have a computer for you. And his son says, what? No way. And he said, yes, yes, yes. He couldn't believe. Um, it was such a moment. You know, I think in war times, um, sometimes we... We see so many people, and sometimes there are certain people we don't see. You don't see the the security guy that stands day and night at the Hamal because you have a mission. You need to save people, right? And it was a moment that uh, the world helped me to see him, and um, and I felt really good that Avichai got it. I felt like he also has the right, you know, to to receive a computer. And then he left me a amazing message and every time I had a hard day when I face really sad stories I used just to play the message from Avshalom like he just it was such a beautiful message because you could hear in, in his voice that it's a sound of someone that a miracle happened to him and there is no miracles those days I wake up every morning and I want to see a headline in Ynet that all the 
captive are back. That's a miracle I want to see, and, it, and I don't see it. And I want to see other miracles of people that, um, that are better, and I don't see it. There is no miracles. Um, and then it was a small miracle. Can you play it for us? Yes, of course. It's in Hebrew. But you know what? Part of me even say you don't even need to translate it. Just listen to the music of his words, because I think it gives the story. אחותי היקרה, מה נשמע? מה שלומך? את יודעת שהגעתי ב-12 בלילה אחרי המשמרת, הוא חיכה לי. פשוט לא האמין שנתתי לו את הקרטון. את לא מאמינה. את לא מאמינה כמה הוא היה שמח. והוא אמר, עכשיו אני מבין, אלוהים רוצה שאני אלמד, ופשוט באמת אין מילים. אבל באמת נשמה, אלוהי ישראל יברך אותך. מאוד מאוד אוהבים אותך, מאוד מאוד מאוד. תודה רבה, שלך ערב טוב נשמה, ביי. So this happened, and then, uh, and then I told to someone who have an organization that support Ethiopian high education. As an anecdote, I told it to them, and he said, great, can you just pass me his, um, his info? We will be happy to cover his tuition. So that story, I think, made me think that, um, about the needs that are always there, and we don't tend to see. Thanks, Chai, you're a beautiful human being. <laughs> I think uh, we all bemet
שאין בפניה לעמוד, כובשת את גופי. מחשבותיי נשכחות, וגם אני מתנדפת, נהפכת לעוד מאותם האנשים. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue checkmark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.